we had to transfer it all the way to South End and C, which is about 55 to our drive. Again, all on the police blue lights, uh, got there, and then we blew it in situ. So we just blew it up on the beach, right? So wow. again, had to put in a, like a 5K radius and just put loads of plastic and explosive on it and just and just get a big bang. So, wow. Um, Oh, so like these, these bombs this is nothing to do with fitness but i don't care if you don't think this is interesting then like you, you i'll bring it back into place. fitness in a second but I, this sure. is amazing who cares this is yeah. way cooler <laughs> Welcome to the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gores. Have an amazing guest for you today, Dwayne Paul, who you will recognize the voice, very distinct voice, uh, an international <laughs> voice. Uh, right. he's, he's the British guy that popped on episode 200 and said a bunch of nice things. Uh, turns out his story, pretty amazing. Uh, just all, all I got to say is he was literally on the bomb squad. And if That's that right. doesn't make you want to listen to the rest of the episode, I don't know what will. It, you know whose voice you won't recognize on the podcast uh, interview is me. My yeah. my, vo- my voice was so raspy today. I finally feel like my voice is. It still sounds oh, a little raspy, but it's worse. Pe- people just wait yeah. ten minutes or whatever. It it's is. like it's, it, it's like ninety percent right now. Um, yesterday yesterday was rough because I, I had to get through the whole Vertimax cert down in Raleigh. Um, so it was a day full of talking, but at least it like it didn't hurt to speak like. Earlier in the week, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, it actually physically hurt to speak. What? So I what had to happened? Whisper. I, I I I think it's just allergies, mm. because the allergies were killing my throat. Where I was drinking all kinds of tea, taking medicine for allergies and stuff. Obviously, I felt fine. It was just my my throat was killing me. So um, today, I finally feel like I'm close to having my re- regular voice again. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. Um, <laughs> So don't don't adjust your uh, your radio dials, as they say. That's just that's just Chris's voice for for today. Right, um, right. So the other thing I want to talk about real quick before uh, we get to the interview with Dwayne, which is which is really fantastic and, and interesting in so many ways, is uh, it was recording this Sunday night. Ben Simmons uh, a couple hours ago ruled out of Game Four uh, in the NBA playoffs. The series where the team he is on, the Brooklyn Nets, is down 3-0 to the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum's been incredible. Um, and Simmons would be a, a huge help to that team in defending him. Last last we saw him, he was a finalist for NBA Defensive Player of the Year. He's an all-star. He's fantastic when he's out there. But we saw what really looked like a mental collapse from him in the Atlanta series last year. We just was afraid to shoot. He had the yips. He had whatever it is that that it was, he clearly then in the offseason wanted out of Philadelphia. He doesn't get that that wish. Eventually, they orchestrate a trade with Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn uh, gets Simmons. Philadelphia gets Harden. And uh, now it, it all signs were pointing towards him coming back game four. He should have been back already or would have been back from the, you know, his, to use the, the terminology they were using, like the mental health situation, whatever it was that, that the mental space he needed to be in to play. Uh, earlier in the season, closer to when he got traded, uh, but then he injured his back somehow and, and now is dealing with that. He woke up uh, this morning, Sunday morning, as we're recording this, the day before Game 5, when you're hearing this probably on, on Monday, April 25th, with that back 
being sore and went to his coaching staff and the medical staff. And eventually they were like, no, nah, we shouldn't risk it. Um, which on its face seems like a reasonable decision. Like they're down three Oh in the series at this point, you're trying to get him right for next year. And, and he's only going to play limited minutes, whatever coming back. Anyway, I get all that. I think what makes this interesting though, Chris is what, what keeps ringing in my head is my conversation with Ashley Spates, which she talks about pain being the alarm system for the body. And I just kind of wonder if it's possible that at this point, when Ben Simmons is about to play basketball, the mental side of it kicks in and is like, nah, dude, your back hurts. Don't do that. Last time you did that, it was really bad for you. Don't, don't do that. Don't play basketball. And eventually you just got to push through that because your back is fine or your ankle. If you know, you hurt yourself doing box jumps or whatever, like eventually you got to jump on the box again and and your, your brain's got to learn that it's safe to do that thing. And I just, I wonder at this point with Simmons, if that like neurological part of this equation is affecting him more than some physical back injury. Obviously we don't know. I'm not pretending to be in the know of his medical situation. I just wonder if that's a possibility and if, and if that's not even potentially the most likely possibility. Yeah. I think, I think like you said, the, the, the biggest thing that, that anybody should ever take away from any of this. And if you're listening to this, the biggest takeaway is of course me and Craig don't know. And, and, <laughs> right. And the, the, <laughs> The, the truth is, maybe not even the Brooklyn Nets know. There's there's only one person in this world that knows what's going on with Ben Simmons, and that's Ben Simmons. Um, yeah, and, and there is a lot to do with the, the connection between um, physical pain and, and what's happening in, in in your brain. As we've learned with Ashley, as we learned with Dr. Perry Nicholson, as mm-hmm. we learned with, with Abby Duncan when she's just talking about um, complex regional pain syndrome and, and what that means, right? So there are a ton of things, and, and, and we do know that you know that old saying of "it's all in your head." It's all in your head. Yes, that's partly true, but it's also not all not all the way true because if it is in your head, that's still that's still real physical pain that that person is for is sure feeling right. So, and again, nobody knows how he hurt his back, how why he hurt his back, when he hurt his back, or or, or any of that stuff. So, yeah, I think I think it's, it becomes a, a very um, it, it it becomes a situation, especially now, where everybody in the it feels like for Ben Simmons, everybody in the world knows what's going on with him. So now there's this added pressure of like, I, when he does go back out there, he's gonna have to go back out there and play well, right? And if he doesn't play well, then you know there there a couple of, two things are gonna happen. One group is gonna be like, well, he shouldn't have come back if he wasn't right, and the other group is gonna be like, oh, he's a bum, right? So like. In all honesty, if I was the Brooklyn Nets, I would I would rule him out for Game Four anyway, anyway because you're down three zero. Nobody's ever come back from three zero. You throw this kid out here who's already had mental health issues. You guys lose the game anyway, and everybody blames him for 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 you losing the game. Yeah, you I know? mean, I don't so, know. I I would feel like this is almost an ideal situation for him though, because he can come back and there's no pressure. You're down three zero. Like, what happens? You lose. Like, okay, that's that's what you thought. There, you say like, hey, they were the better team. He gets to be out there. You get to see what it looks like. He gets to get that that game under his belt, as opposed to an entire other summer of speculation about whether he's still a good basketball player and whether he's ever going to play again. Like. At least, at least he would rip the bandaid off. Yeah, but but again, like look at what you said, right? Like, what's the risk and the reward now? Like, the the reward is you get to at least rip the bandaid off, and then we're off until the fall, 
versus the, the risk is you're going to damage this kid more. If he does have actual back problems going on, we could we could damage that going back into the summer. So, I, I again, I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. What I do know is there's going to be a lot of talking heads talking about this tomorrow or, or Monday, whatever it is that you're listening to this. And everybody's going to have their opinion about Ben Simmons. And, and I get both sides. I get all sides because it's like, hey, your team is counting on you. Your organization is counting on you. You should be healthy to go. What's going on? Nobody knows the truth. And then the other side is, hey, like if there is actually something going on with you, take whatever you need to get right. And then, you know, when you're right, we'll, we'll be here and we'll be we'll be glad to have you. Yeah, this is where I always struggle as when I when I got the, the mic and the headphones out on, on the sports radio side of things and why I appreciate having the background that I have in sports science and, and, and all the training stuff is because I think having that like, um, you know, like we're not medical professionals, obviously, but like that medical approach to it where injury management and that kind of stuff we obviously deal with even though we're not doctors, um, you know, like having that approach is always going to factor into my analysis, which is good because that's, that's like way more important than getting up on TV and screaming a hot take. Like, but at the end of the day, like there are a lot of factors here. Like he's getting paid a lot of money, which I don't begrudge the actual dollar amount. It's just that like the, his contract is a high percentage of the salary cap. He's, he's counted on by that organization and his teammates to be a reliable a piece of the organization. Now they acquired him. Brooklyn did knowing that this was part of the equation to a point, but like if he got, if he assured them like, no, I'm ready to go, whatever they thought they were going to get something out of him that factors into their decision to make that trade. They, they invested in him and he should want to pay off that investment. Um, and when you look at Ben Simmons history of, you know, he clearly didn't want any part of Philadelphia. And like, I get that to a point, but he wasn't even willing to work with them at all. Like he was, he was, uh, you know, obstinate kind of in, in how he approached that, you know, they were, they were trying to be open to him. They were trying to help him out and he just didn't want any of it. Um, and eventually like someone who needs help has got to want to be helped. And then you go back even to college and what he did at LSU where he just like, he wasn't interested in being there. And I, you know, everyone kind of, I guess, again, on some level understood the deal with him, but it's just, it's not, it's not a good track record for his competitive character. And like when you're talking about professional sports, that matters a lot. Like that's part of what makes Giannis Antetokounmpo great. It's what we laud about Michael Jordan. It's what's made LeBron so great over the years. Like their competitive character is so high. And you look at what this situation is with Simmons, and it's really hard to to understand. And again, because we don't know, like maybe this back thing is something that's serious and needs to be worried about. In which case, yeah, talking about his competitive character doesn't matter because it's a back injury, but. I think what's interesting to me is seeing guys like Reggie Miller and and a lot of other, whether it's former players or, you know, the, the insider types that are plugged in around the league. It seems like the word in the NBA is that this dude's competitive character isn't up to snuff and that he's just kind of a selfish guy and, and is never really someone that's going to be relied upon. Not, and his back injuries, not really that serious or, you know, the other stuff was all an excuse and, you know, that would really suck if if that wasn't the case because I feel like the next guy that comes along that has an actual injury or is having real mental health issues, like if Simmons is, is playing this up in some kind of way, like that hurts that guy too. It's just nobody wins with, with how this is right now. And I just, I hope it's legit. 
um, obviously. Well, and like you said, look, like two things, right? Like if there is that chatter going around in that league, that chatter didn't just start yesterday. Right. It didn't just start right, today, totally. right? So, so, so look, buyer beware, right? Like if you're the Brooklyn Nets and you, and you make this trade and you pull this trigger on Ben Simmons, you do your homework on this kid. You do your homework and, and see what was he like at LSU? What was going on in Philly? What's the real reason why it's not working out over there? And, and if you're willing to still pull that trigger, then look, that's that's on you. You you bought this. You bought that. Th- this is what you, you bought him with the contract and the whole thing. Right. You knew the price tag. It was up front. It, this is what you signed. MSRP. Up for. Lots of right. money. Exactly. So you know, don't don't blame him for being him. Like he he is who he is. Right. And again. Don't know, but like a lot of this is is on Brooklyn, and and maybe it's it's on Brooklyn too. Because from an organizational standpoint, look, if there is something going on, we don't we don't know. look. There's there's stuff going on in New Orleans as well with Zion, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, hey, we don't want to rush you back. Where Zion's like, no, I want to play, right? Like, right. we we don't know where that tug of war is going, right? Um, so it's it, it's there, there's there's so much to know that we don't know. There, mm-hmm. There's there's so much to react to that like you know th- there's going to be a lot of reactions, but I can see it from both sides. I can see the organization saying, "Hey, look, don't rush back." You know, we 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 traded you for the long haul. We didn't trade for you so we can win the championship this year. This is not our window. Our window extends beyond this. We've got two number one draft picks from the Philadelphia 76ers. Like this, it was a long term trade for us. This wasn't we need to win the championship this year. So if you're not 100, percent don't rush back. Yeah, right. I would just want, I would want to know what Kevin Durant thinks of not winning a title this year, um, because I, that's certainly what they signed up for in Brooklyn. And by the way, the, you know, but Katie you know and Kyrie aren't getting any younger, and their contracts are coming. Like Kyrie's a free agent, I think this offseason, or can become a free agent this offseason. And who knows what the hell he's going to do? Because Kyrie doesn't never know what Kyrie's going to do. Yeah, I think I think there's a different conversation to be had that like I think the league the, the the torch is being passed from the KD LeBron era to the new era of the John Morants and and these young guys that are coming up and and, and taking that torch and and running with it uh, like the Jason Tatum's who are like no nah, this is this is my yeah. league now right well, those guys are gonna have and, to go through Giannis who's a little bit older but not much and and, and Giannis too right like yeah. so you see you see the torch being passed in his playoffs and I and I get that's partly why people want to see guys like Ben Simmons play and. Um, Zion Williamson play because there's so much great basketball to be consumed right now. It's like, man, what if Ben was playing? What if Zion was playing? You know, so I get it. I, I think it's it, it's a really interesting conversation, um, and and I think that KD has a very interesting perspective because from KD's standpoint, here's somebody who came back too early to try to win the finals with Golden State, and that ended up costing him a year. So who knows what he's saying? Who yeah. knows if he's saying, hey, like we really need you back, or if he's saying, hey, like. Don't cost yourself a whole nother year. Like right. who knows, right? right. So he's that's he's got an interesting true. perspective on this. That's so. that's a hundred percent true. Um, and Katie seems like a great dude, and you know, but at the same time, I, I think that there's probably a lot of frustration, and you know, it, clearly there's a lot of people that I think are still just sour. Like they made up their minds about Ben Simmons last year before knowing anything, and that's always going to affect the coverage, which affects how we then consume the information on our end as those who aren't on the inside. I just thought it was interesting because um, there is kind of like this the media like mental side of it soft whatever label you want to throw on him and i'm like i don't know i don't know enough to be able to say that definitively but like after yet another disappointment um i don't think it's as unreasonable to at least put that in the pile of considerations as maybe you know at the end of uh, last summer when when he's like nah man i need i need some help um so we'll we'll see how this plays out but simmons out of game four and uh you know we'll i'm sure have more more fun things to talk about with the nba is the that are that are training adjacent because you know the the training side of this too is like 
you know, the, the strength and conditioning coach plays a huge role there in, in the ability to, you know, test things out performance wise and, and, and create situations along with the medical, along with the medical staff that can try to suss out that physical versus mental. But at the end of the day, like the player's got to go, you know, I'm ready. And uh, it's, it's got to be the player. And, and, even, and even that strength and conditioning coach is only going to be as effective as much as Ben Simmons buys into that strength and conditioning totally. coach. Right. So like at the end of the day, all of these guys take care of themselves. That is the one thing that I would say is like, I don't begrudge any player for just looking out for themselves because it, it is a dog eat dog world out there and it is like a business. And I've, I've seen organizations treat players like crap. So I don't blame the players for saying, Hey, if I'm not ready, I'm not playing. Right. So yeah, um, agreed. I, I will say that, that, that part of it is, is the one part that I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't really care for that part where it's like, Oh, he, he owes it to the organization. Like, yeah. no, if the, if the organization took this gamble, like for instance, in the NFL, if, if if an NFL team signed Antonio Brown tomorrow, what would your reaction be? Like, all right, buyer beware, right? Oh God, I you don't even uh, want to go into that rabbit hole. With that's me. a whole Antonio Antonio Brown's like the worst human being, one right. of the worst human beings in the we, NFL. That's just we, a different topic. And we know and we know that we we know that right. right? But if it's like, hey, like I'm gonna deal with this headache because I like what he can do for me on the field. Okay, here comes the headache, right? Mm-hmm. So you got it, it, it and. If things blow up in in that team's face, whose whose fault is it? It's that team, right? It's that team for saying. Well, well I, I think it's gonna... both, and that's kind of the thing here too. Is like, well, yeah. you know, because I mean, I talked about this a lot on on the radio and in other mediums when with Brown specifically. It's just like, yeah, he can stop being a shithead at any time, and right. also he the Bucks should have known better, so they like they got what was coming to him, but like he can also do. Better. But the bu- but the Bucks did know better too, right? Like, yeah, the, no, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, why... Both. Two wrongs don't always make a right. Sometimes right. two wrongs are like really, really, really wrong. Right, but but like like look at the way that that contract was structured for Antonio down in, in Tampa Bay. Like that that was the 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 Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, "Hey, we'll take a chance on you, and we're not yeah. we're not going to go all in." Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So so th- that's the part where I'm like, hey, like, this is this is a little bit on the organization too. And like, there's there's just no loyalty in pro sports, whether it's between no, the athletes and the organizations, organizations to athletes. There just that doesn't exist. There's not, but being a good teammate is a characteristic that, or a character trait that you should show. Um, and, and you know, you should have something to your teammates. Um, and if not, then your career is going to be a lot shorter. Like, it's in your best interest to be a good teammate. And uh, I don't. Again, uh, we don't know enough to definitively say Ben Simmons bad teammate, but. I think there's a lot of dudes in Philadelphia who'd be willing to willing to co-sign that. And so far in Brooklyn, like I mean, well, I credit to him, he's been in he's been at a bunch of games, he's been involved, he's been in every film session, and that stuff's great. But eventually, eventually, you got to play. And, well, I, um, I will say that I will say this about the the whole team thing that that you do see in the NBA because because Brooklyn all year with the whole Kyrie thing and now with the Ben Simmons thing and even the way that KD. Um, kind of carries himself towards certain media and, and, and the way that he like they want to do things their own way they want they wanted to hire Steve Nash as a coach who's never had coaching experience they wanted to bring in these players who had maybe some question marks and they wanted to do things their own way you look at the teams that are the top three seeds right you look at Phoenix Memphis Golden State Boston Miami what do all five of those teams have in common buy-in all of them every single person on all five of those teams buys into the team and the organization and gives it. Now, again, I don't care. You can carry yourself however you want to carry yourself, but if the Brooklyn Nets choose to carry themselves that way, 
you're seeing that it's much harder to win a championship doing it your own way versus doing it what's been pro- in the proven way, which is having a team that buys in. So yeah, I will say no, I will say that. Right. It's not that. it's not like, you know, you're a horrible person at the end of the day or, you know, yeah. like you're doing something legal or whatever if if you want to look out for yourself, but like actions have consequences. And at the end of the day, like you got to decide what your goals are, what's important to you. And some guys would be like, look, I got my money and then I retired and I got to go to the Cayman Islands whenever I wanted to. And, and like, that's their thing. Hey, that you set your goals, but you know, at the same yeah. time, I, I think I, you know, most, most guys that are playing, at least, I don't know, maybe it's not that way anymore. You hear some of the older players talk about the way some of the younger players are now, but like throughout the history of sports, the goal is you want to win. Like you don't get to that level without being super competitive. And so um, I think it definitely shows up guys like Tatum um, that, that want to win so badly. And it doesn't mean that they're always, you know, that they can't get hurt or like sit out a game or, or take a rest day every now and again, take care of themselves, but it's in the interest of the long-term goal. And I think that's, um, that's, I think the big question in Brooklyn right now. All right. When we get back, uh, our interview with Dwayne Paul, talk about a team player. You got to hear what this guy used to do. Uh, Dwayne Paul's next on the train with the best podcast. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. And it's not often that I am like really genuinely excited, like kind of can't wait level excited to do an ad. But I have gotten the order in and have plowed my way through a box of this new tasty pastry collection from Super Coffee. I cannot believe how good it is because I just can't believe that they created these flavors. If you're going, what are you talking about? Maybe you're new to the podcast. Super Coffee, who we've been with for like four years, have launched a ton of great products over the years from their super espressos to their grounds to their K-Cups. Everything they've put out has been great, but never have they been this audacious in a flavor. And then they did it times three. They created a blueberry muffin, a cinnamon bun, and a caramel waffle. And they called it the Tasty Pastry Collection. And if you took a blueberry muffin, like an actual muffin, and dipped it in coffee and put it in your mouth and then somehow made it into liquid form, that's what the blueberry muffin tastes like. Same thing for a cinnamon bun. Dip it in coffee, put it in your mouth. Like, it's insane. I don't know how Jordan, Jake, and Jimmy did it. The Chico boys who founded Super Coffee and have continued to run it to amazing success all these years. It's just unbelievably good. So go to drinksupercoffee.com, use the code train with the best, get your 25% off your order and enjoy. That's it. That's the ad. The coffee's ridiculous. Go enjoy it. Drinksupercoffee.com. The code is train with the best. The Train with the Best podcast is brought to you by Jaku, and man, we put out some great content this week. Really, I say we. It was Chris. I hit a couple of buttons to make sure that we shared it properly on the Train with the Best 21 Instagram account, but it's the Jaku 1K. Here's what you do. Four sprints. Try to get a little faster each time, and of course, you're timing this on your Jaku training device, which is going to be more accurate than a stopwatch, more accurate than those fancy laser timing systems even, and at a humongous discount compared to those fancy laser timing systems. You do four sprints, then you do four with the Jaku wind shoot, and then you do two more all out. 10 sprints by the end, you're toast, but you've also gotten faster. And that's really kind of the point. You measure yourself so that you can have accurate readings on where you are in your speed training. So make sure that those readings are actually accurate. Go to jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB for 20% off. It's jaku.com slash discount slash TWTB. Follow them on Instagram at jaku speed and make sure you're following us at train with the best 21. 
Our guest today on the Train With The Best podcast, you heard his voice a couple episodes ago. Uh, in episode 200, had some very kind words to say. He is the founder of Limitless Training Club in Northamptonshire over in England. It is Dwayne Paul. Dwayne, thanks so much for coming on the pod, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, massive congratulations again on 200 plus episode. Well Thank done. you. Chris, we're international, bro. We were international, actually. We were just talking off talking off air a little bit here, and, it, and it's kind of cool to see. I, I know Dwayne was obviously a faithful listener of the show, but you know, for, for him and for the rest of his staff and, and for some of his rugby athletes, for, for them to be uh, following the show as well, it's, it's pretty humbling, so it's, and it's pretty cool to, to, to know that people over there on the, across the pond are, are listening to what we say. So Dwayne, how'd you find the show? How'd you find us? And then we want to know about you. It's not a, this is not an interview to just to have you say nice things about us, but right. we'll start there. How'd you find the show? No, well, definitely after coming back from uh, Richmond, Virginia on my Vertimax course, you know, myself and Chris kept the link, you know, and um, following him on Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, that uh, popped up, you know, trade with the best. So I said, okay, cool. I click on this. And um, yeah, and to be honest, mate, claim to fame. That was my first podcast I ever listened to. Let's go. <laughs> Train with the best, you know. So, um, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty like a pretty loyal, loyal listener. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's the coolest thing for us is like we've got people who listen who themselves could easily be guests on the show, just like you. And so tell us a little bit more about Limitless Training Club and, uh, you know, how did you find it, found it? And like, what's the what's the mission that you guys have? Because from everything I've heard from Chris telling me, like, it sounds like a pretty cool place. Well, pretty much uh, we we got we founded it back in January 2017. So um, pretty much I'll just a little bit about myself. So originally from the Caribbean. Uh, 2003 got enlisted into the British Army, um, came over here to join the military. Um, after serving like 13 years in the British Army, um, I've decided my time, you know, for deployment of Afghanistan, I think that was enough like. So um, I decided I wanted to get into, into the fitness uh, industry. So what I did was I got onto my resettlement course and I did my level three PT for my resettlement. So um, I've done that. Uh, fast forward eight weeks and I was able to be fully called up. Um, so what I did, I was still in the army, still in my transition of getting out back onto CV Street. And um, I've decided to, at the time I was living in central London with my wife at the time and uh, created something called At Home Fitness. So At Home Fitness was pretty much uh, a franchise uh, based in Birmingham as well, so in the Midlands. Um, going to the franchise, so I bought a franchise for Central London, and uh, our role was basically going into people's home and just doing fitness and in the local packs and working with all the CT, you know, the bankers and CT workers. It's a very interesting story, and then and then obviously you go off and start your own thing with Limitless and. It's it's really interesting because for for those listeners here on the state side that have never been to Europe, it's very different over here. Over here in the states, we have especially at Onyx, we have a lot of youth athletes, and that's something that is built into the culture here in America. That youth athletes work out, they train, they lift weights, they do all those things. That's not necessarily the case in. England, right? Like, especially when you talk about the English football culture, at least 
for maybe maybe it has changed recently, but kids don't growing up thinking that they have to do speed training and weightlifting when they're in middle school or in high school. Is that right, Dwayne? Absolutely not. And um, f- uh, setting up Limitless, I've realized that pretty much that's a really untapped uh, resource back over here because, you know, coming back from the U.S. and we sit in Chris and Virginia and talking about all the athletes you go working with and stuff like that. I'm, I'm soaking everything up like a sponge like and came back to the U.K. and look at that and realize, you know what? I'm here and we have no program whatsoever for, for youth athletes, you know. And uh, so I, I pretty much start, you know, speaking to the local school, the local club. And uh, I was really lucky and blessed enough to, to set up my first facility uh, at Ketchum Rugby Club, which is a local rugby club. And they got like 400 mini juniors, you know. So I walk in <laughs> straight into a ready-made clientele. You know, sort of thing. And um, I was able to, yeah, hence the reason why I'm calling Chris all the time and getting some advice from him and stuff like that. And, um, and then I was able to, to introduce youth fitness in the UK. And I'm telling you what, it's still not enough, you know, and I'm fully stacked up. But, you know, we still have a space for a lot more, you know, if I'm being honest. Yeah, nice. what, even with what you're doing now, you know, there's space to grow, but... You know, we talk all the time, as you well know, about like when you introduce new stimulus to someone, how much of an impact that can make, even just the smallest bit. So you've got this clientele that has never been exposed to anything like this. You expose them to the amount that they're ready for, the amount that you can provide, given all the things that you're talking about, resources, buy-in, all these kinds of things. What kind of difference have you been able to make for these kids, even, again, at the level that, that you know is not enough, but is more than they've ever done before? Well, massively, as we speak right now, um, one of my athletes, Lauren McKee, she just fought in the finals of the European Boxing Championship at 1 p.m. UK time today and uh, came sh- uh, short to, to, to France. So she, she lost in the final. But um, that's one of the athletes I worked with for the last five, six months, you know, getting up to, to that level. And um, we have the rugby under 18 Six Nations as well going on over in France at the minute. And one of my young athletes, Chuck Smite, he's playing for Scotland as well. So what we are seeing is, you know, these kids are not only doing it regional, but international as well. And that's what we have created here. And, uh, you know, just to even, you know, get into it more, we have, you know, when we have the, the rugby games on a Sunday, which we have like in the under 14 is my largest number of athletes and these kids you know when you see they come up against the opponent and even the guys playing on the team they're pretty much on a different level to 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 the rest of to the rest of the the the, the kids on the pitch you know sort of thing so um so what we're seeing is a a slight step up to to the rest of the kids with the kids that we have working with presently which is really really refreshing if i'm being honest you yeah, know, to see that. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dwayne, I wanted to ask you a question, and then, and then I want to dig in a little bit into your past because that's that's really why I wanted to get you on the show, and, and I'll ask that question in a second. But you and I have had a lot of talks over the past several years. Um, you know, giving you some tips and pointers here about how much space you need and what equipment you should buy and all those other things. What well, What was the one thing that maybe stuck out to you? I'm curious to to, to know what was 
maybe one thing I said <laughs> that that you remembered or resonated with you. Uh, to pretty much uh, keep it simple, <laughs> you know, uh, we we we, lo we looked at it and stick to my plan as well because we have to have a plan. You know, I remember our conversation from um, perform better to Leamington Spa, right? And uh, we were in a car. We right. were driving to Leamington Spa, you know, and you said, you know, Dwayne, you got to have a plan, and. Uh, once you have a plan, don't complicate things. Keep it simple. And that's, that's one of my mottos still, you know, I keep it very simple and I stick to that plan. Yeah. And for, yeah. for those listening, Lemonton Spa said, is a place, not, not an actual spa. Lemonton Spa is, is an actual town where I was staying. <laughs> he wasn't taking me like to get a massage or my nails done or anything like that. <laughs> hey, what's, no, nothing wrong with a little self-care in the middle of a Perform Better conference. Who cares? You got a problem with that? That's your problem. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, I'm curious, uh, real quick. Last thing on this, and then I would love to, like Chris said, uh, get more about your past and your your backstory and how you got to this point. But let's look ahead first. Like, what's what's the thing that you're looking at now? You're like, I know there's more out there. This is this is the next thing I want to do. What's that next step for you? And for Limitless slash just in general for for youth sports in the UK. So pretty much uh, the big thing now. I've just teamed up with a premiership. Rugby player, Will Chudley, and we have created something called the Kettering High Performance Academy. Okay, so pretty much we enroll 50 kids on the program and it's run on a school year. Okay, so we start intake is in September and finish in July with a award function, right? And we have these 50 kids, they all have their slots in the gym. So we have, we got Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays and Fridays and for for free hours we have different slots these kids can just book into and we deliver the training so I got two SNC guys which we um, hire on a bit of like contract consulting sort of thing and uh, they deliver the, se the session for us like so so that's what we're going to build on now um, we're going to push more on that because we want to create although we created limitless uh, High Performance Academy Kettering. The next one we want to move to is Limitless High Performance Northampton and then to Limitless High Performance in Wellingboro. So pretty much we have we have the all the plans set up and that's our that's our long term plan basically. Keep it that's simple, great. but then just expand. I love just it. Expand, yeah. Just expand. Just expand. I love it. I love it. The Train With The Best podcast is brought to you by Momentus. Momentus is a performance nutrition company whose products optimize your active life. It's trusted by over 150 pro and collegiate sports teams, individual athletes to, again, the team sports to folks like us are using Momentus each and every day to not only perform better, but to feel better. Whether it's their line of vitamins, like their multivitamin, vitamin D, magnesium, all those kinds of supplements, to their creatines and their collagen supplements, to recovery products such as their protein, and of course, the ultimate recovery product, Elite Sleep, get more out of your sleep. Momentus has you covered in each and every fast of your athletic endeavors. Whether it's to optimize, perform, or recover, Momentus is your one-stop shop for everything you need to supplement your daily diet. 
So how do you get all these magical products? Very easy. You go to livemomentous.com, use the code trainwiththebest25. Livemomentous.com, trainwiththebest25, or click the link in the episode description, and you can get 25% off your first order. It works with the subscription order, so you go 25% off, then 15% off all the refills, so it is a long-term savings on these premium products. Go check them out, livemomentous.com. The code is trainwiththebest25. Trade with the Best Podcast is brought to you by BlazePod. At blazepod.com, use the code TWTB, you get 15% off the best reactive training system on the market. We only work with the best. That's why we're called Train with the Best. You think we just made up that title for funsies? Oh, hey, look at us. We're the best. No, 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 no. It's not about us. It's about all of our team. And our team now includes BlazePod. Get six lights per set, set them up in whatever shape that you think is best suited for your drill. You set up number of colors. It could just be a single color. It could be on the hit. It could be on a timed interval. Whatever it is that works for your drill is a completely customizable reactive training system that you as a coach can use to make sure that your athletes are primed to make the best decisions possible when they hit the court, when they hit the field, when they hit whatever other playing service that they go out and play on. I don't know. Maybe we got a bunch of water polo coaches listening all of a sudden. Do you want your your water poloers making good decisions? You sure do there in the water. So train them with BlazePod. Go to blazepod.com. Use the code TWTB. It's 15% off. Blazepod.com. TWTB. So one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, Craig had asked me kind of about our relationship and, and I remember our conversations, of course, and, and, you know, it kind of just hit me. We talk so much on the show about movement assessment and risk assessment and things like that. And then I remember the conversation when you were telling me about what you actually did for the military, which was you were on the bomb squad. Is that right? Yeah, I did. Uh, so yeah, so my first, I did seven years. My last seven years in the military was a bomb disposal operator. So um, yeah. Which, okay, so, so when we talk about risk assessments, right, like it doesn't get any more high pressure than having to dispose of an explosive, right? Like, nope. so can, can you talk about your experience a little bit and what's the correlation there between like, it, let's talk about your experience first and let's see if we can find a correlation if there is one. No, for sure, for sure. Well, um, to be honest, when I started on my military career, I was, uh, I was posted to finish military engineering school. So I was enlisted in the Royal Engineers. So um, once I finished my military education, um, I got posted to Germany. At the time, I was playing heavily into football, which is soccer, as you know it, in the States. Right. Um, so right. I, got, I got posted to 2-8 Engineer Regiment, which is out in Hamel in Germany, because of my football ability. And that was the engineer sort of like set up for footballers to be posted to. So for the first five years, I uh, played football in Germany. And uh, I did my first deployment there as well. But that role was a, as a combat engineer. So I went out to Afghanistan 2006 as a combat engineer. Done that. And then 2009 got promoted. So got promoted to my first rank, Lance Corporal. Then I've moved on, which uh, was due posting. So I got posted back to England. Um, so at the time, I just bought a property. So... Back in 2008 slash 2009, I bought my first property and it was in Ketron. Uh, and I've looked around and I've realized the closest unit or the closest regiment to my property was EOD bomb disposal. So I like, okay, well, um, I want to be, it's only 60 clicks away, 60 miles. So I'm going for that post and all my mates were like, 
are you free? I'm like, yeah, I'm going bomb disposal. <laughs> so um, so I got applied for my post and then I got I got bomb disposal. So we we got posted over in July 2009 to Wimbish and that's where my bomb disposal posting started. So talk about that process a little bit now. So, you know, when 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 you get called onto a scene, like what's that process like when you have to dispose of a bomb? Yeah, well, I, you have two, yeah, so you have two duties. So you do your six-month deployment in Afghanistan, and then you come back, and you're on UK operational duty, okay? So uh, UK, UK operational duty, you're on a pager. So you could be on one-hour notice to move where you've you got to be on camp all time, or you can be on a three-hour pager. Um, so I was one of the commander on a three-hour pager. And uh, my first uh, bomb job was uh, was 2000 and. 14 and it was outside Wembley Stadium 200 oh, wow. meters from Wembley Stadium uh, wow. two days before the championship playoff at Wembley Stadium right? wow. wow and uh, the got uh, was a German bomb German SC 50 so the 50 kg kg bomb found on a construction site due to excavating so uh, we got we got called in uh, crashed out pretty much on the blue lights, so we've been blue lights for, with the London Metropolitan Police all the way to site. And uh, we start the task, you know, most of the time we have to cordon off the area. It can be up to 1K, 1.5K. So um, we normally do those ops in the night when everyone is, uh, is sleeping, one, when it's nice and quiet. And two, we have to move everyone within that 1 to 1.5K radius into hotels just in case, you know, something, something do go wrong. So, um, so yeah, so that was my, was the, my first UK, UK task. And, uh, we came back, done that. And I came off pager, uh, two weeks after, and I got put back on pager the following week. Guess what? My pager went off again. And next mm. bomb found East London, Bethnal Green. So again, we got crashed out. This time it was a 500-pound German, wow. German bomb. The, the problem we had with that bomb, right, we were looking at our system, which I can uh, disclose, you know, because right. it's all, you know, uh, secret. So, um, and pretty much never came across that bomb in bomb school. So we had to get onto the system and type. I'm just going to pause you there. Chris, he went to bomb school. Yeah, 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 this yeah. is crazy. Bomb school. I, I, I'm yeah. loving this story so far. Like, because obviously, like, I watched MacGyver growing up, so that was I'm my like, envision. yeah. Like, and I envision bomb disposal to be like MacGyver with like chewing gum and like a toothpick or whatever. But you know, keep telling. That it's like, this is, are we t- are we taking red wire, blue wire, like how yellow right. wire, like it's like that <laughs> from the movies? No, you're out there actually doing it. And it's probably a lot more complicated. So we have a yeah. 500 pound German bomb that you didn't learn about in bomb school. Yes, so we, we put it up, but it's on the system, so we was able to pull it, put it up, and then we was dug so low into a basement, so they were trying to, you know, put a uh, new flat in the basement, so we dug that, and we had to get a London Fire Brigade to, to aqua props so we can winch it out of that hole, right? And then our, we had to transfer it all the way to South End and Sea, which is about 55 to our drive. Again... All on the pl- police blue lights, uh, got there, and then we blew it in situ. So we just blew it up on the beach, right? So wow. again, wow. had to put in a, like a 5K radius, 
and just put loads of plastic explosive on it and just and just get a big bang wow so, oh so my god so like what, these, to do that. these bombs this is nothing to do with fitness but i don't care if you don't think this is interesting then like you, you i'll bring it back place. into fitness in a second but I, this sure. is amazing who cares this is yeah. way cooler uh like is this like when you say like german bombs like unexploded from world war ii like like how, how does how do these bombs get there like what is it you know i think some people think like oh god it's a terrorist attack like that bomb's a ticking like it's it's ticking it's gonna go off like you're racing against the clock like take us inside of like what that actually is is that unexploded from world war ii and it's sitting there and, and what's the risk level of that going off for whatever reason so yes yeah, so it's a it's a german bomb so x uh or we can come we did come across some ex-soviet union as well russia um so pretty much that will hit hit the target and not detonate right so that would just skim through and just come to a standstill basically um the danger with that still uh it can be like the, no the nose fuse is still intact okay so pretty much you have to be approaching that bomb seriously okay so we have something that we we tend to we will drill into the fuse and we have we have a solution we will put into the bomb so we can pretty much get in the explosive to turn into like rock solid concrete basically right so we kind of immunize so that's the the, pro the process is immunization so we immunize that bomb and then that's help it's for us to transfer it right so um but then the the explosive the plastic explosive or the explosive inside the bomb is still is still alive you know so uh so then we, 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 we take it very cautiously to, to, to that location and, and dispose of it. Wow. Uh, th wow. This is amazing. And, and I, I wanted to hear about that because, you know, we talk so much again about like movement assessments and things like that. And, and you were literally dealing with 500 pound German bombs that haven't exploded. You know, this is not quite as serious, but, you know, obviously when we're assessing people's movements, we're, we're looking for what's that ticking tie bomb? Is it something that's waiting to, to go off that's going to cause this injury? Or is it uh, a movement dis dysfunction that's been there for forever? Same thing like a, like a German bomb that just didn't detonate. Is it something that's there that movement patterns over years ha have caused uh, a dysfunction? And, and we try to isolate those things, like you said, and, and, and try to minimize the risk of those things. And then eventually immunize it you you use the word immunize what that's basically what we do from a movement standpoint is we say hey if this is something that's bad let's not make it worse right that's Absolutely, the first thing for sure let's not make it worse and then how can how can we make it so that it's it's safe to use again how, how do we make a knee safe to use again or an ankle safe to use again you take it to the time? beach and you explode it right <laughs> So, so my question now Don't is: Have you Don't have you that. ever thought about that? Like, is that process something that you've kept with you? What you've learned, diffusing bombs and immunizing bombs? Have have you taken that to the process of? Hey, when I'm training an athlete who has injury risks, and you know, we need to to find out what they what they need to do to prevent themselves from blowing up per se, right? Do you still use that type of process when you're assessing people? Uh, absolutely absolutely you, you approach it in the same in the same manner you know it's um because again you know we as fitness trainers you know if we don't do it properly we can cause some serious injuries to, to the to the athletes to the clients in front of us and if we don't do it properly 
with a bomb, you know, I wouldn't be here to tell to tell my story <laughs> now, you know. So so you have to you have to take it. You know, the the two jobs come, you know, you gotta take it seriously because one, you can you can cause people serious damage, or two, you can cause yourself and your colleagues and your team some serious damage as well. And and we had to we had to do that where we had to mitigate like one of her my last bomb job, which I think is a my biggest claim to fame as well, because that was the first operation. So that was in uh, Coventry, which is like in the Midlands. We had a, we had a bomb again uh, found on a site, and it was literally out of uh, one of Coventry University Doma. Um, so yeah, so that was a first job where we had to put in a mitigation system. So a mitigation system is pretty much like Hescobastian wires and full with loads and tons and tons of like. Um, gravel and loose soil and stuff like that and then we had to put like a massive cover in and uh blow it up and see through okay so we blew it up right and uh, the the officer who came down to 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 put the position the the shot um we had a blind so a blind basically when the bomb really did not go off right so you got a cool enough period so you got to wait for one hour so um pretty much and then you got to do the good old walk right because again that can be like a, a a fuse that can just burn in really slowly as well right so you got to do that walk um, but luckily enough um the bomb was not fully like i think when when it went off the fuse just popped basically and did not hit the the the, the explosive properly so we had to re we had to get that redone and blow the bomb on on site so it was literally 1k away right behind a building and it's just like boom just get a detonation you know sort wow. of thing and that was like that shot we we hit that shot like free free half free the morning you know when Oof. everyone is when everyone is asleep right it's just like boom so so wow. i so i did so i did that and um i was able to get recognized in 2016 um for uh, military engineer of the year so uh, uh in central london um we did a we did they had a big big award like and I got awarded military engineer of the year for my free for my free task yeah so that's it that's my that's my military bomb disposal uh, so this UK is again this is, side of life this is this is why I wanted to have you, have you on the show because well I mean basically because you owe me for all the conversations that I've answered all your questions over the four years so now I'm gonna ask you so many questions <laughs> about this so. Like I, I want to talk more about this process because there has to be a level of humility when you're approaching every single case, right? And, and we talk about that too. Like when we talk about, for instance, helping somebody coming back from an ACL injury, it's a blank slate every single time. We don't take anything that we learned. Yeah, yeah we learn lessons that we that we we gain from our experiences with other folks and and with other clients and 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 other processes, but. When we're working with a new person, it's a new person. And there's a level of humility there that you have to come in recognizing what you don't know. And and you even hinted on it when, when you found that German bomb, that 500 one that wasn't in the system, right? Talk about how important it is to stay humble in that process and not think, oh, I know what the answer to this is. Absolutely. Um, I don't think anyone being a bomb disposal, you can have a bit of an ego, right? Because I think, you know, we you get, you get a stamped out straight away in bomb disposal school like because you would have seen so much stories and so much like people who think that didn't know it all and stuff like that so your thing it's um it's all rehearsal chris you know regardless to how much 
SC500 or SC50 you'd have dealt with in the, in the past, it's always a bit of how do you approach that? Because this could be, not every bomb don't land in the same way, right? right and right. Uh, it's really important to, so we have some, someone called the SO3, who is like the officer who will be on the one hour pager. So he will, he will crash out first and he will get as much picture, as much information of that device, of that bomb, whatever he came across. He will send that back to the ops room. So that's the reason why I'm on a three hour pager. So within that three hours, I'm getting all the information he's sending me. So the measurements, you know, the position of the bomb, where is it facing, what type of fuse are we faced with and stuff like that. What's the site? What's it, the entry point? What's the, ac the exit? Everything. So I'll be all taking all my notes and writing all my information down. So I'm building up the picture. I'm three hours behind, but I'm starting to build up that picture from then. And, and that's what it is with, with the gym as well, you know, because... You know, you have a client in front of you, she, you know, he or she give you the information over the phone, you know, you having to start to build up that picture because again, you know, you're trying to get as much information as possible, you know, past injuries, current injuries, pre-op, post-op. So again, it's just like, I deal with fitness like a military operation. I tell my, my team that all the time, but um, that's, that's what I do. And I think it's really working well for me up to just now, you know, and um I'm going to continue in that way. And I think with that as well, if I'm, you know, approaching it for as a military operation, I have to keep, I have to be humble, just like when I was back in the, in the, in the, in the bomb disposal unit. And that's what I do up to just now. And it's yeah. working so far. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Definitely. How did you know that, or what, what was it about fitness that appealed to you that when you we're done with your military service that you decided like that's that's the avenue I want to go. Um, pretty much well, being in army, I was I was able like we we I took a lot of fitness training in the army as well. I've, sure. I've I've chucked myself in sports in the army because you know I've, if I'm not on deployment, either I'm boxing or I'm playing football, I'm doing track and field, you know, sort of things. So um, so with that now I've realized like you know what. I wanna, I wanna continue, you know, with that fitness journey. And what was one of my biggest put off, right? I'm being honest, right? After being like in bomb disposal for seven years, I got headhunted for a civilian contractor for as a bomb disposal uh, officer on the CV side of life, so ex-military. I went to the interview and was an ex-military officer, was the MD, and. A couple of the guys in the office was ex-military as well. And I'm saying, mate, listen, this is just like getting out of military kit to get into civilian kit, but you're still doing the same thing with the same people. And I wanted to, I wanted to cut clean, you know, because I spent a couple of days in the office and all the guys talk about is past deployments and past this and past that. And you know what? I do hold on to my, my, my past deployment because it was good times, you know, and all the lads who, you know, paid the ultimate sacrifice you want to still remember them but at the same time you want to kind of get away from it if that makes sense and totally. i just said like you know what i'm going on to the fitness route because i'm enjoying it i was a ABA level two boxing coach at the time you know i was i was doing like taking my squ my squadron uh, we were doing fitness taking the troops training and stuff like that and i said you know what that can be a cool life and i don't have to say yes sir no sir you know on, on everything you do right so uh so yeah so that, that was it that was it 
Uh, last thing for you. Uh, we'll be over in the UK in August because I'm getting married in Scotland. Brilliant. So, yeah. And then afterwards, I, my, my fiance and I, at that time, she'll be my wife and I, we're going to do a little mini moon in, in London. If you had to give me a recommendation, one thing I got to do while I'm over there, besides come, come see you uh, while we're in the UK, obviously. So Limitless Fitness, visit with Dwayne. We'll put that in, in a side pocket. For sure. But- as a tourist going to London, I got like three days. What's the one thing I got to do when I'm over there? I think first of all, you got to have fish and chips, right? <laughs> because come in the, on, yeah, in the obviously, UK, you know, in the UK, I think it's uh, it's big. But um, I think there is so much we we take it for granted. Um, I was living in central London at the time, so literally 600 meters from Buckingham Palace and London Eye and stuff wow. like that. And um, yeah. but you just take it for granted. But you know, going back to London now and seeing all these beautiful sightseeing you know it's it's it just take you back to the place and think you know what we're really lucky to have such you know lovely you know sights and stuff so i think you know buckingham seeing seeing but the buckingham palace i think is a, is a big one london eye just being able to just look around but i think you got to get yourself down to arsenal game man. i think that's one of one of the we're talking okay. about mate. i think yeah, that's no, that's def- what you got to do man. to a football I- match I definitely want to come to a football match. And you've got to be Arsenal, uh, Arsenal as well, man, because I'm a big Gunners yeah. fan. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, he is. So I, I, I did okay. do that. I did I did get to see a Gunners match at the new stadium. Um, yeah, that's it. That was that was quite the experience. So I, I would I would second that. I got I got to check the schedule and see um, men's, women's, whatever, whatever, whoever's home. That's yeah. that's who we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, that weekend, Dwayne. This was phenomenal, man. I, I truly do hope that we get to see you when we're over in the UK, Definitely. Uh, in, in the summer, and obviously if you're back stateside uh, in, in the DC or Richmond area, let us know, and, and we'll get together. And um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. No, mate. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.